0: Hey, welcome, everybody. Uh, thanks for being with us at your home campus. Happy quarantine. And also with you. That's what you're supposed to say. At your home campus, come on. Happy quarantine and also with you. It's uh, it's crazy. And I know some of you are, are viewing from other states and countries where things aren't the same, but the majority of us are sheltering at home. We are working from home. You're teaching your kids from home, um, which is crazy you're going crazy i i know i get it well, all the while uh, other people healthcare workers whatever are in uh, uh, our first responders are, are are trying to be on the front lines and and figure out how this goes and we're praying for all of you and and by the way i uh, just have to say how grateful i am for those of you that are, are really reaching out. I mean, so many stories I can't even mention in them of people donating and serving and giving and helping those who have needs. And, um, and even those who are making us laugh on social media, keep it up, man. We're, we're grateful. And I'm grateful for those of you who are sharing your toilet paper. Please share your toilet paper. And if I could, just uh, for those of you who call Parkview home, man, I, I want to say Uh, Thank you for continuing your generosity to God through our church and through your tithes and offerings. It makes a, a ton of difference. It really does, especially now. So let's keep Parkview strong during this season because I believe that when it passes, and it will pass, we are going to be stronger on the other side. We're going to be able to make such a difference, especially now that that we're going to be set up to be able to help people in ways that we never were before. I think of Joseph in the Old Testament who, who knew that hard times were coming. And as those hard times came, he was able to be the guy who provided for the needs of the people around him. And that's what I want Parfew to be able to do. But we are beat up. Um, Let's just just admit it. We're exhausted. It reminds me of how they used to say that someday, you know, it was going to be technology in such a way that we were only going to have to work like 20 hours a week because we were going to have so much technology. And what happened was we got so much technology that now we can just work everywhere. And that's what's going on now. I mean, I I don't know about you, but it's like we had to force our staff to just take a day off altogether because now we're all interconnected. We're all on Zoom. We're all doing all these things together. And and it's exhausting. And let's just admit it, okay? One day, Jesus got on a boat after a long day of ministry, and he, he was exhausted, and he went to sleep in the bottom of the boat. And suddenly, this fierce storm comes up on the Sea of Galilee. And the wind is howling and the waves are crashing over and the boat's filling up with water. And Jesus doesn't wake up. Sleeping and napping is a theme here. Pay pay attention, right? And the disciples are freaking out and they say, Wake up, Jesus, don't you care that we're going down? Don't you care that we're going to die? And if that's not your question, um, it probably has been. It probably is now. God, don't you care? God, I planned a wedding for a year and now it's canceled. Don't you even care? God, it's our first baby and my husband can't be in the room. God, it's my senior year. I'm missing prom, I'm missing graduation. Don't you even care? God, this business that we worked so hard to get going, I'm not sure it's gonna make it, or this job that I have, it's slipping away because of this virus. Don't you even care? Or, God, I'm in healthcare. I'm a first responder, but my kids are out of school. I don't know how to manage all this. Don't you even care? God, these are supposed to be our best years, our retirement years, but our our nest egg is drying up and our health is poor and we're susceptible to COVID-19 like nobody else. Don't you even care? We've all had questions like that for God. A lot of us are having them now. Jesus is asleep. I mean, like I said, napping is a theme here. I've had several wives after last week's sermon text me and say, hey, my husband's taking your advice. Okay, good, good, good. But Jesus asleep in the boat should be our example. I love that. He gets up from his sleep after they wake him up. And while the waves are beating and the water is pouring and the rain is pelting and the disciples are freaking, Jesus turns to the storm and goes, all right, knock it off. Peace be still. And the wind stopped and the rain stopped and the water went to glass. How did the disciples respond? The disciples responded by saying, who is this man? They asked each other, even the wind and the waves obey him. Who is this man that's not afraid of a storm? Who is this man that's not only not afraid of the storm, he brings a pillow to the storm instead of a life jacket. Who is this man that the wind and the waves obey him? And the answer is Elohim. Elohim, the God of all creation and the Waymaker who will make a way. It's the first name of God that is used in the Bible. We're doing this series called Waymaker because there's just this great song Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness. My God, that is who you are. That's what we're focusing in on. And, and, and we're doing it by describing the names of God, because the Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they are safe. So last weekend we talked about God's personal name, Yahweh. I am. We talked about Moses and the burning bush and how God was using the bush and God said, hey Moses, I want you to, I want to use you too. I want you to lead my people out of Egypt. And Moses said, who am I? To which God said, who cares? What difference does it make who you are? I will be with you. And Moses said, okay, but you are, I am. You are, I am. And what we learned from last week is that if God is I am, then who am I? I am not. Get your post-it note back out. I love Melissa. She's a doctor at the Christ Hospital. She sent me this pic. She said, this is the only way I've been getting through this crazy time that's going on right now. I am not. Don't confine God to a little box. He's bigger than that. He's I am. He's everything. And we're not. So today, the God of all creation, Elohim. Back to the beginning. First five words of the Bible. Take a shot at it at your home campus, out loud. What are the first five words of the Bible? We the people? No, no, it's not it. Four score? Seven years ago? No, that's not it. The blessing. I pledge allegiance to the flag. No, that's not it either. In the beginning, God created. First five words of the Bible. And here's what I've always held to be true. They are some of the most important words in the Bible. So much rides on the first five words. In the beginning, Elohim created. Elohim, 2,500 times, usually translated the one true God. And it makes sense that he would introduce, be introduced soon in the Bible, since the Bible is all about him. But I think it's really important that it's his first name. Okay, Yahweh's the first time he introduced himself, but the first time Moses describes him in the Bible is Elohim, the God who created. And some people get hung up on this because they don't think that science and Elohim can go together. And I understand that, but could you just please let that go right now? If there is no Elohim, why bother? If the first five words of the Bible are true, then you have a good reason to be watching right now, and we have hope, okay? If the first five words are not true, then we probably all ought to be preppers. We ought to go dig our own safe room right now, and remember to shoot for the brain, because the only way they die is in the brain. Just remember, okay? You see what I'm saying, though? I mean, if God didn't create us, then how can he be powerful enough to save us in any other way? Then you're just back to mythology. You got the tree God and the rain God and the virus demon, but not the one true God that can handle everything. And I'm not saying that, that, that Elohim means you have to buy into young earth creationism to believe in Elohim. That doesn't matter. I know wonderful Christian people who believe all over the place on this subject. Some of them believe God was the Big Bang and evolution still happened. I don't care how you look at it, honestly. But if you don't start with the name of the Lord is a strong tower, Elohim, the creator God, then your God doesn't have very much power. Don't run into that tower because it's going to crumble all around you. If God's name is just, well, yeah, I showed up one day and I guess it's my turn to run things for a while because Thanos is busy with the Avengers, then he's really not a very strong guy. The Bible says he is the maker of the heavens and the earth. Let me read to you from Isaiah again, like I did last week, chapter 40. So beautiful. Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? He who brings the starry hosts one by one and calls them by name. Because of his great power and his mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the heavens, of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He who created it all, which proves he will not grow tired or weary, and proves that his understanding is beyond us. Let me just give you four things today. If the first five words of the Bible are true, these are also true. Okay, the first five words of the Bible are true. It means he's strong enough. Isaiah goes on and says, To whom will you compare me, or who is my equal? Lift your eyes to the heavens. Who created these? The starry hosts one by one, he calls them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Can I show you what this looks like, okay? I want to show you these planets, all right? And I hope you've had some time to go do this. So, like, here's the Earth and, and, you know, Venus, which you can see a lot at night, and Mars, Mercury, Pluto, which we don't know if it's a planet or, you know, or if it's Goofy, the planet, I always got them confused. It's It's called a dwarf planet now because they can't decide what to do with it, all right? You get that, right? So zoom out just a little bit. Here we go to the next one. You see how small Earth is there? okay? And Pluto's basically a little P, And then you get all the way up to Jupiter, man. It's gigantic. These are the like actual sizes of what the planets would be. Then you zoom out again and you've got our sun, which we know is so much bigger than all of the rest of us. The earth is basically a P at that point and Pluto doesn't even exist, all right? So then you zoom out again and there's the sun, but look what's next to it. There's Sirius where you get your Exum satellite. That's awesome. And Pollock and Arcturus. Look how big Arcturus is. And at this point, Jupiter is about the size of, you know, one pixel. You can't even see it. And Earth is invisible at this scale. And you zoom out again, and there's uh, the bigger stars of Betelgeuse, 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 and Antares, And Antares, you guys, you got to understand this. Antares is the 15th brightest star in the sky. It's that much bigger. It's 600 light years away. And if you put Antares where the sun is in our solar system, it would take over the solar system. It would reach to Jupiter. And we think the earth is so big, but it's just really a dot. I just want you to understand that if God can create the universe out of nothing, and he can create these planets... And he can put everything in the orbit and make it all work, he can solve COVID 19. He can solve your financial problem or your marriage problem or your family problem or your job problem, I promise you, which is why this Creator God thing is so big. And the great thing is, the more we learn about the universe and the stuff he created, the easier it should be to have faith. How much easier is it for us? to believe in an amazing God now that we know about the galaxy, now that we know about the power of the atom or the depths of the ocean. It should be easier for us to have faith than it was even for the first century church. If the first five verses are true, it means he's strong enough, it means he's smart enough. One of the most famous poems in poetry is Joyce Kilmer's, I think that I shall never see a poem as lovely as a tree, a tree whose hungry mouth is pressed, against the earth's sweet flowing breast. A tree that looks at God all day and lifts her leafy arms to pray. A tree that may in summer wear a nest of robins in her hair, upon whose bosom snow has lain, who intimately lives with rain. Poems are made by fools like me, but only God can make a tree. Sermons are made by fools like me, but only only God can do this stuff, you guys. Viruses are made by fools. Viruses are made by accidents in human nature. But only God is in charge. He is good enough. He is smart enough. You are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. God is smart enough. He had a plan, okay? He's not only strong enough to create it, but he's smart enough to make it happen. Let's just say that I got a Scrabble box out one day and I threw out some letters and three of the letters came together to spell my name, T-I-M. You would say, oh, look at that. That's a funny coincidence, right? But if I threw them out and they spelled supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, And I said, well, that was just an accident. You would call me a liar because that just doesn't happen. And when we look at the earth and the incredible design of the earth, it can't just possibly have happened. If the earth rotated at a different speed or tilted other than at 23 degrees, it would never work, you guys. If the moon was any closer, the tides would sweep over the highest mountains we have. If the Earth's atmosphere contained anything more or less than the 21% oxygen we have, any less would mean there would be no fire anymore. We'd all blow up every time we lit a match. If the atmosphere was thinner, we'd have no protection from the 25,000 meteors that hit the Earth's atmosphere every day. Did you know that? If the Earth was smaller, we'd have less gravity and not be able to breathe. If it was larger, we would all weigh a lot more. And you think you got knee problems now? I'm just telling you that the design means we've got a God. You remember the legend of Johnny Appleseed. Um, Johnny Appleseed became a folk hero, basically, because Johnny Appleseed legitimately went all through Indiana and Ohio, Pennsylvania, planting apple trees. And, and and people started to know that if there were apple trees around, it's because Johnny Appleseed planted them. And the legend just grew bigger and bigger because other people planted trees. And and they ended up in other places in Colorado and California. And people just thought Johnny Appleseed was some kind of superhero planting machine. Because why? Because apple seeds are the only way that apple trees grow. They don't grow in the wild. So if you see an apple tree, you know that somebody planted it. See what I'm saying? Writer of Hebrews said, every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. It's just a duh to me, okay? If God made the universe, he's in charge, and he can take me where he wants to take me because he's Yahweh Elohim. If the first five verses are true, God is good enough. He's strong. I, I was, I was going to do it. I really was. I was going to make the outline be he's good enough. He's smart enough. And gosh, darn it, people like me. But so few of you know Stuart Smalley, it just, it just didn't work. So never mind. If the first five words of the Bible are true, what does it mean? It means he's strong enough. He's smart enough. And he loves you very much. This Bible says that God made us in his own image and he gave us this world that he created. He gave it for us. Have you ever created something, you know, I don't know, needlework, cross stitch, uh, woodworking projects, ceramics, and then just stood back and admired it and said, you know what, That that turned out pretty good. I mean, don't you feel different about something you created? You always have a special place in your heart for that that you had a role in creating, don't you? I mean, you're never going to throw that thing away. Rachel, my oldest daughter, when she was young, um, she wanted one of those dollhouses, you know, not like, not like it you buy, but like the kind that come in a big kit and you put them together. And, um, you know, I thought, well, okay, I, I can do this. I mean, it was one of those deals where, you know, it looked realistic. It had working lights. It had windows. It had indoor plumbing. It had an alarm system, a fully functioning bidet. I mean, it had everything there, right? And I thought, well, no problem. I'm pretty handy, and it's a kit, and it has a video, like a videotape, right? This is how long ago it was. And, 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 and it took me... The same amount of time it takes a woman to get pregnant and give birth. It was literally nine months from the time of conception to the time of birth. But, you know, I was proud of it. And no, I know your question. I didn't make one for the other two girls. I bought them a Barbie house and I said, this is good enough. But I'll tell you one thing for sure. After all of these years, nobody better mess with my dollhouse. I mean, if, if if there's a fire in my house, the order of removal will be wife, computers and phones, dollhouse, cats, in that order. I'm just kidding. I don't have cats. Well, that thing had nine lives. You just spent them all. And listen, my creation is special to me. You get it? Okay. It, it, Elohim created you because He loves you. If the first five words are true, He's In charge. That's the last one. This is the one where you can relax and take a nap. He's strong enough. He's smart enough. He loves you. And he's in charge. Do you see that? Woe to him, the Bible says, who quarrels with his maker. Does the clay say to the potter, hey, what are you making? (laughs) No, no, he doesn't. Okay, if you need the answer to that question. I, I I want you to I want you to see this picture that I used back in the day. I used this back when I was doing uh, um, anxious for nothing, and, and I want you to see again this picture of whitewater rafting. You can see me in the front and look at the determination on my face. Okay. Um, My daughter who's 30 years old now, she was 11. She's in the front, Lauren, you can see that. Becca was in the middle, she was only eight. That's the youngest they would allow somebody to be on the Arkansas River in Colorado that day. It was crazy, crazy class three and four rapids. You can see the look on my wife's face over there. She's swearing at me under her breath because we realized we got ourselves in way over our head. And, And of course it was my idea. Now look at my face again. Again, I just wanted to remind you of this picture and look back at the guide, okay? Same river, different experience. He's having fun. He realizes that it's a mighty river and it's going to pretty much take us wherever it wants to go. And I'm up in front thinking, I'm Tim Harlow. I'm going to make this river take me where I choose to go. And I should have just been taking a nap. If the first five words of the Bible are true, everything else makes sense. He's in charge, he's in control. He's strong enough, he's smart enough, he loves me and he's in charge. He is I am, he is Yahweh, he is Elohim. If the first five words of the Bible are true, imagine what he's going to do as he takes us through the crisis that we live in right now. Father God, let pray for our hearts. Some of us are worn out. Some of us are very anxious. Some of us are just plain bored. We're feeling all kinds of different emotions right now, but I want to pray over the people that are having the most needs right now, whether it's the first responders and the healthcare workers or or, or the people who don't even have enough food or or, or the people who are worried about their businesses, whatever it is, Lord, will you help them to understand that you are in charge, you are the one who loves us and made us and cares so much for us and you're strong enough and, and you're smart enough and you're gonna make it happen. We can rest in you.